Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Ooh, hello and welcome to spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! I am Rich. I live above the stairs. Uh, with me to languidly lie on the stairs is Abby. Hello. Uh, kicked under the stairs is Anthony. Hello. And stuff down in the basement is Jamie. I am poor. I live under the stairs. You are. Because you, you said I'm rich. Ha ha ha. my name. See? It's yeah. like a big metaphor. Just how horror films have now. They're like metaphors for rich and poor people. That's that's the cool horror films. That's what I understand, anyway. What's the guy who did uh, who does all the cool horror films now? Jordan Peele. Oh, yeah. These are like metaphors, aren't they? And you're meant to go... Well, I mean, you could argue that this film is also a metaphor. It's certainly going for some sort of... You could, you could argue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's very it's subtle. There. <laughs> Yeah. No, it, well, it's yeah. not. It's not um, the met. That's not a metaphor in this. That's happening. There's like a yeah. rich poor divide. A metaphor would be the people under the stairs are sort of second class citizens. Well, I mean, they could be. The, the word well, you're looking for is allegory. It's an allegory mm, for word. horrible abuse. <laughs> I would say it's too uh, real. To be an allegory. <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible abuse. It's also not highbrow enough to be an allegory. It's not just <laughs> I mean, I think, rubbish. I think it's supposed to be there, but I think they kind of give up on it after a while. But before we proceed too far down the spooky path... Down uh, the stairs. Down it was the... right there <laughs> for you. Before we <laughs> elevate the... No. Uh, anyway, Jamie, can you fill in people what film we're discussing if it isn't obvious enough? This was my pick. <laughs> um, I like the way you just primed them for disappointment there. The way you yeah. said it was, this is my pick. Yeah, you're all going to know why, and it's going to fit my usual MO. Uh, <laughs> the film is The People Under the Stairs from 1991, written and directed by Wes Craven. Uh, it stars, and this is the reason why I picked it, Wendy Roby and Everett McGill, along with Brandon Quinton Adams, Ving Rames, Sean Whalen. I'm not going to go through the whole cast because there's only really about five people who are prominently in it. Um, and just the misleadingly dark uh, IMDb summary, two adults and a juvenile break into a house occupied by a brother and sister, spoilers, and their stolen children. There they must fight for their lives. I would say it's mostly not as dark as that description makes it sound, apart from a couple of places. I would say it's a reverse home alone, and that's it. Kind of. A child trying to break out of a house from the bad guy. It's a reverse home alone and also a better version of what Nothing But Trouble is kind of doing. I mean, everything is better than Nothing But Trouble, so... (laughs) You could burn a piece of toast and be like, well, this is funnier than Better Than Trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It has more nutritional value. Yeah. This this burnt piece of toast doesn't have a cock for a nose, so... No, so win-win, yeah. Uh, 
So, Jamie, you've already hinted, but uh, can you clarify that it was because there's people from Twin Peaks in this that I picked it? Not, yes, not just people, like prominent just characters. <laughs> also a log and a fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Everett McGill and Wendy Roby. Uh, yeah, both of them are probably best known as um, Ed and Nadine. Hurley in Twin Peaks, but they have Wendy Roby hasn't been in a ton of stuff. Um, Everett McGill has been, I think, in more, but it, yeah, he's very much like a character actor because he's so tall and large and has a gigantic face. Um, he was in Dune, previous, uh, terrible film that I also picked, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, another. Another role that uh, I think has I, I, n- I never made the connection until I watched it much later as an adult, but he's in License to Kill. Uh, he gets thrown to the sharks by Timothy Dalton's uh, hard-ass, like, uh, revenge movie version of James Bond in, in that ass. film. Yeah. I love his Bonds. So I know. I love ass. License to Kill. People always shit on it, and it's fucking great. He's an actual murderous bastard, the way yeah, it should be. It's, it's fucking amazing. I, I still, the line when he throws Everett McGill to the sharks and says, You earned it. You keep it, old buddy. Mm. <laughs> it's great. Um, anyway, but yeah, I picked it because, yes, I am an obsessive Twin Peaks fan. Um, and when I saw, I, I'd kind of known about this film forever, re- regardless, because it's just one of those like, b-movie horror films that is always in you know the, a similar category to things like the evil dead or whatever and it was you know it was directed by wes craven um but it's and i'm not saying it's as good as evil dead it's not as good as um but it's in that like cult horror movie wheelhouse um but yeah when i realized that like they were the the villains in this and they were cast specifically because Wes Craven saw them in Twin Peaks and was like I have I need to do something with these two together um I was like well I have to watch this eventually also Ving Rhames is in it it's always fun to see him in a film the second best movie featuring a gimp (laughs) oh yeah Oh yeah, I didn't make that also fucking hell I was not ready for Everett McGill Charging around a house in a gimp suit, screaming and shooting a shotgun. <laughs> I mean, it's even prominently in the trailers, but you're still not expecting it when it happens. I just. I mean, it's because he does it so much. You I don't know. think he's going to do it that much. So it's, so I, so, it's so unjustified as well. There's absolutely I know. no reason my, for it. I watched it with my wife because she's, you know, we we have both watched Twin Peaks. She's a fan as well, and like, she was like, "Why is he in a gimp suit?" And I, I was just like, I. I don't know. I don't know. It's it just even a choice with the, with that the Wes Craven made. It looks, it looks, uh, you know, fucked up. And I mean, it, it, image-wise, it looks interesting, and it's probably one of the more fun bits. But it is just like this doesn't tie in with who this character is, or is this a, like well, he's basically mouse hunting a guy <laughs> in his walls? And it's like you're, you're scared to go in the cavities he hides in, but. You're not, you're, you have to, this is a kink for you, shotgunning your own walls to try and stop yeah. a escaped some, person. There's what? definitely, I think there's, there's some like sexual undertones and incestuous undertones 
Um, it's but not, it's, it's never... only him and... I don't know. Not I... undertones. They say it outright. Well, sure. yeah. But, like, <laughs> they never seem to... I thought there was going to be more of a obvious suggestion of, like, a sexual relationship between him and uh, Wendy Roby. Um, but they never really do that. There's one very brief moment where it seems like uh, he is getting ready to do some things other than violence to the uh, daughter, Alice. Oh, there's, a, there's a couple oh, of things in this film. Yeah, uh. there's a couple of things <laughs> in this film, and I guess we'll get to it. Like, like a lot of the films we do for this podcast, particularly ones I pick, it's it's sort of tonally kind of very inconsistent. Sometimes it's it's very much a comedy and over the top and silly and then other times it suddenly gets far too dark and it's kind of jarring yeah it's, it's totally all over the place which is always our wheelhouse um well let's ask the other guys what they were expecting from this so jamie you hadn't seen it before though you just wanted to see yep it. this is the first time i've actually seen it okay uh abby had this come up on your radar before I knew of it because it's been on lots of lists, but you know, I wasn't really my thing, so I'd never, never I'd curious. never have picked it. You just don't like lists. I... <laughs> I love lists. That is, <laughs> to say I don't like lists is the greatest lie you could ever tell. <laughs> no, it's just top five lists. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now that I've seen it, it's fine. I just never have thought to seen it. Yeah, it'd be if I had a list with it on, it'd be movies I don't want to watch. Silly, <laughs> or it silly. might have been on that list of films of gimps. Well, maybe uh, top, top ten movies featuring gimps. Uh, but it would be on a list of like, oh, some silly goosebumps shit that I don't have any interest in. It is very goosebumps. <laughs> I was going to say that as, well. as, a, as a scary thing. People under the stairs or under the bed or in the cupboard is very much you're going to scare a fucking. You know, five year old. But this <laughs> the is people in the cupboard has a very different vibe. <laughs> Just like uh, Walter White when he's on the phone in his daughter's bedroom <laughs> making illicit calls. Just <laughs> shut up. But like, um, this this uh has is this is far too um violent for a kind of you know ten year old goosebumps audience. So I don't quite well. You know, it's, it's not. It's not it's got too, that like, ooh, spooky. Not you know, it's not spooky. It's horrific, but I also, mean, it's too. It's cheesy. too scary. Yeah, it's too scary for kids, and it's too silly for as a horror adults. film, which is the problem. Yeah, I had with it. Yeah, that that is then that's a big problem, really, because uh, who the fuck is it for then? Um, an ironic audience. Uh, but anyway, like I don't, so it was never going to be something on my radar just because it instantly dismissed. Don't love horror that much, and if I am going to try out horror, it better be like premium, premium stuff, quality, <laughs> quality, unmissable cinema, or you know, just have fucking Michael Shannon in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not it wasn't wasn't on my radar. Abby, you're not full, you know, aware of it, but nothing to draw you to it. You're Abby, mm. um, Twin Peaks wise, you've seen Twin Peaks, but it's been a while, right? So this didn't have any sort of, ooh, these guys were weird in Twin Peaks, therefore let's see them again, right? If Jerry hadn't said it before we watched it, I would have stared at them for a long time going, I know who these people are. <laughs> who are these people? Okay. <laughs> who are they? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Anthony, what about you? Had you uh, seen or heard of this before? Same kind of boat as Abby. Like, I've never watched it, but I've known of it. I think I might have considered putting it up before myself. Yeah. Maybe. You a Wes Craven fan? Yeah. Yes. Like, I do, you know, know, I like all the kind of staples. But you don't, you don't, like you don't, you don't crave the Craven. Like yeah. Elm Street one, yeah. I'm fairly familiar with his stuff. So, you know, I was expecting... He's quite good at... Maybe maybe budget isn't the right word, but kind of like somewhat lower budget, grimy horror gore, mm. which is what I was expecting this. With 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 a, a splash of goofiness, usually. So I wasn't expecting as much goofiness in this. As it turned out to be, yeah. I think for me, I've seen like uh, Scream, and uh, maybe what some of the sequels they sort of mishmash together after a while. Mm. Uh, fuck, what else did he do? I mean, he did the Hills of Eyes? I haven't seen Hills that. Hills of Eyes, Last House on the mm. Left, no. Nightmare on Elm Street. What was the last Nightmare on Elm Street one he did? Uh, New Nightmare. Yes. No. Uh New Nightmare is the interesting one. It doesn't. It, it's not like I mean, I've great, seen... but the the it's like the concept is great. It's like a it's like a precursor to Scream because it's about Freddy killing people who made the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Mm. Nice. <laughs> uh, I've seen Swamp Thing. So oh yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we did. Like, we did oh, fucking thing. another Twin Peaks connection because it's got Ray Wise in it. Aye. But anyway, uh, so Anthony, this had just a fresh watch for you, but aware of what you had some inkling of what you might be aware uh, in in store for you, you know? Yes, some some inkling. Okay. Um, well, let's deal with the film itself. Uh, it's a house based film mostly. I mean, there's some. <laughs> it's it's mostly all in one location, but there is a bit of preamble before to establish. Uh, the protagonists or the people who are going to invade the house uh, are, are set up, but we don't, you know, it's essentially a creepy couple, their sort of daughter who they are abusing, and very early on, let us know that there are hands that can grab through the walls in nooks and crannies that could, you know, creepy hands come out, and you know, uh, we're very much aware it's not a secret. There's no, this isn't one of those horror films where they keep a secret that they're. Is people hidden in the walls or under the stairs? That'd be weird because the title tells you that, I guess. <laughs> but there are sometimes like the reveal is someone lived in the walls. It wasn't a ghost or a mentally ill person or a doll or whatever. You know, it was a creep in the wall. What did we think of the couple and their daughter that live in this weird hand house? You're right. That was very straightforward. <laughs> just you know someone else talk or I will cry <laughs> you know there's something iffy about them from the get go yeah fair play to them you don't know what exactly they just look that way so you know and they act like cunts like they're treating their daughter like a prisoner and yeah. being awful they, they, they start off as they mean to go on which is horrific monsters with no real purpose yeah. in life <laughs> I I mean, 
I do like whenever this is, you know, this is obviously a very broad film. Like subtlety is not on the cards here at all. Um, so for the purposes of what this film is doing and the story it's telling, I like how just awful they are. Um, and I think part of why I like it is how Wes Craven hired both of these actors and was like, this scenery is here for you to just eat. Uh, you can devour every <laughs> inch of the, all of this. <laughs> and also like, the scenery is very breakable and has lots of flappy bits for creepy monsters and people to come out of. Yeah. Um, so so go, go for it. You're kind Wendy of like be... your awful Roll Dahl-esque villains. Yes, that's <laughs> I was about to compare it to the witches. Um Wendy Roby is, is like dressed and acts like she could be the Grand High Witch. Um and I have never seen Everett McGill do quite this much physical comedy and was surprised at how good he is at it with various facial expressions and vocal expressions. <laughs> um, he also gets to absolutely eat shit quite a few times in this film. Um, and again, something about an absolutely reprehensible character being hit in the face with a brick. Um, yeah, that, I, I was very happy with the Home Alone 2 style brick throwing. Yes. I, I could have done with it more velocity with the bricks. Like in Home, <laughs> some of the funniest bits are where uh, Kevin McAllister throws bricks at the robbers. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's the funniest part of either Home Alone film because there's no imagination or uh, clever traps involved. Just, just hurt Daniel's turn. <laughs> Please. Yeah, he just is dropping bricks on a man's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not even filmed in a way that's like cartoonish or anything. It's no. just really painful and awful. Yeah. This one this um, one's a little milder than Home Alone for the brick dropping is, and stuff. But I do appreciate how much Everett McGill sells it every time he's hit with something heavy. He spends ages just going, oh, yeah. I loved, yeah, I loved how animated he was for popping his half his torso out through any flap or do- he's all, whenever <laughs> he's like trying to get someone in the movie, he rams his shoulders both through every flap or there's lots of Ew. trap doors, flaps, hidden walls and doorways and gaps. So Th- every time he throws himself man. through them. <laughs> really <laughs> leans in and out of every flap and window and up a chimney and and he's, he gets he gets involved, and he's very uh, physically animated in this. So I appreciated how much effort he was putting into everything. I'll say There's that almost. I mean, he's not he's not quite there in terms of like physical comedy, but there's almost a Bruce Campbellness to him that I didn't see, I have never seen before. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. Yeah, but yeah, the kind of Evil Dead kind of. There's, yeah, there's, the, yeah, the film does have. I, I, mean, I brought it up earlier, but there's there is some tonal similarity. I think the the thing with Evil Dead, especially the, like Evil Dead Two, which is the I think m- most people consider the best one. Um, there's a similarity in how like goofy and cartoonish it is. the The difference I think is that Evil Dead Two is consistent all the way through and is like very obviously not for like kids. The problem with this film is sometimes it feels like it's for kids, and sometimes yeah, it's, it's, it's very more, much not. 
toned down and, and doesn't go, go out. Like you have enough. the stuff. So just, I guess, for the setup, fool. The oh, lead God. kid. That's right. We get fucking weird tarot card bullshit to start this off. Who's doing a tarot reading to his uh... sister? His sister, yeah. Right. And Abby, did you you had a problem instantly with the tarot reading? Did you? That isn't a tarot tableau that I'm familiar with. Uh, the layout was. It, it? was I don't very know much like for the film, the way you put down cards. Oh, I see. So it's like etiquette-wise. I mean, I don't know. Is there a correct way to be a like? So I, I can, or? I can somewhat speak to this because my wife does do like tarot card readings. What for other people or gets them done? For other people, like she knows she's a sh- huckster and a swindler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she knows like what you're supposed. Like she knows like the mechanics of what you're supposed to do and and everything. Oh, like like a croupier doing like Texas Hold'em. Yes, um, but she did. She was. She did say when the film starts, like that was probably the most like accurate depiction of tarot she's seen in a film, which she was Abby. not expecting from this. Well, well, what do you think of that? Are you change your tune now? I think. I think he means in the terms of how you read the card. I think it was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was the the way the okay, like in the script, the way the sister like interpreted. The meaning of what was on the card and like, oh, yeah, that might have been totally legit, but the actual just the layout of the credits was irritating. Well, so the kid is called Fool. Does he have a real name? Yeah, Poindexter. Oh, right, that's probably (laughs) it's not a real name, it always felt like a fake cartoon. I don't know because his his mum calls him Dexter. Is is Dexter short for Poindexter? <laughs> Isn't there like, like a nerd character in some sitcom in America that's like? I mean, Poindexter, Poindexter is a like. What's that from? A typical like. It's not thing a character from a sitcom, then, is it? Yeah, but like, is it? A, I don't know. A... I've never thought to look up the origins of the name Poindexter. The only time I've ever really heard it is when someone refers to someone as Poindexter because yeah. they're a nerd. Poindexter, like, like Urkel, right? Like from yeah. I don't actually um, know where a, he's from. A boring uh, family matters. Uh, a boringly yeah. studious and socially inept person. Um, so it could really be used to describe any of us, yeah. <laughs> or the entire podcast. Oh, we should have. We should call it Film Poindexters. Um, <laughs> Just listen to how that sounds. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, then it's very you, accurate. And my much more long-winded title is clearly superior. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's definitely a last name. Well, anyway, he's called Fool. It doesn't matter. It's just a, a young black kid uh, from a broken. Well, they're not a sort of broken. It's more that they're impoverished, and yeah, they're uh, being evicted, and they can't they they can't afford rent, and they can't afford like the mother's dying of cancer, <laughs> and they can't afford the treatment. They're like a kitchen sink drama to get us. Yeah. It's, so this is part of the social commentary about um, how landlords are exploiting their tenants in. Uh, where is yeah, this? basically, is this Los Angeles or, or what? Like, where are we? I don't. I don't think they speci- they well, like fucking, what. There were palm trees on the in the suburbs. So that's why I assumed it. Yeah, but sometimes you get pa- fucking Carmarthen has palm trees. My old uh, street had palm trees on the corner. Yeah, it's just like weird. a traffic island. Um, so. but um, yeah, the I mean. I think they are the only palm trees in our town as well, like just on the on the corner of a road. How do they survive? Anyway, Stir, the, water. 
Um, right, yeah. So the the fucking somewhere is a city, and it's a big old tenement building, and the the last family holding out. Uh, are rescued by uh, robot aliens that come down like UFOs and <laughs> cook breakfast and no and then wrong they watch film. them fuck in a barn on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, sorry, wrong film. Uh, but the the idea is, so who is like who are the families? Like the mum is ill, is it? Yeah, the mum. Yeah, is that's ha- her name. Her name is ill. Ill. Yeah, ill and fool <laughs> and death and uh, <laughs> the Knight of Cups or. <laughs> <laughs> They're all tarot I think Ma- I think Mary is the mum and uh, Ruby, Ruby is the sister. Yeah. They're all sort of irrelevant after a while. It's just to set up that the kid is a good boy and he's got yes. a very difficult home life. And then he's dragged into a robbery by, um, what's the name of the Bing guy? Bing Leroy. Yeah, he looks like uh, he's in, um, Leg- uh, not Legion of Doom, fucking, what's the other one? Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination <laughs> from uh, WWF 90s. Like attitude here. We are the nation of Dom. Okay. It's basically dresses for Rook. Complete sidebar, but it's only in my adult years that I've realized how fucking racist that uh, stable of villains was in Vincent the McMahon. Yes, I know. Ran I know. It shouldn't be a surprise. But it's like, oh, they're supposed to be the Black Panthers and they're bad guys. This is. Uh, Hmm. Everyone <laughs> is a bad guy at some point, though, in you know, in wrestling. Yes, but especially if, well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, Ving Rhames is family affiliate. Is he in the family, or is he just a friend, or is he there, like, to he's Ruby's boyfriend? I think. Yes, right. which uh, there's quite the age gap there, I think. But um, yeah, but he... him and his uh, his criminal buddy Spencer. Spencer, whose name gets shouted quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, they're gonna they have they a scam know... in mind. Yeah, uh, so they want to rob the landlords that are exploiting. The yeah, rent and rentals. the couple, m- m- oh, that, ugh, they call each other mommy Mom and, and daddy, Dad. which bleh. um, uh, they yeah, they also they are the landlords, um. And they're like they're they're basically a living representation of like wealthy white people who like exploit like black poor neighborhoods, hoover up all the money, and then kick all the people out and build office blocks everywhere. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I should be really on board with this. I really, I fucking hate landlords. And no, I mean, it, the, the message of the the message of the film isn't wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. But it, it it gets mainly caught up in the sort of uh, slapstick horror of a wacky house with all locked windows and doors. Well, I, yeah, I think if it leaned more into what the social commentary is, it would end up just being more depressing than anything else. Because yeah. it's like, oh, this is just this is just real. Yeah. So you know, they basically thing Rames. The kid is being used. Why? What's his? Uh, Advantage. He does. He he scout. He literally scouts out as dress dresses yes. the scout the property. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. the the, the, the idea is they can. Something. Yeah, they can use him to get into the house because you know he's a kid. He's an innocent kid. They don't realize how horrible uh, the couple are. And then he's not allowed in. And then all the balloons make the house float off. <laughs> then the kid is trapped <laughs> outside. And I think I've gone gone wrong again. Uh. 
Anthony, what did you make of this child as our main protagonist? Did you like this kid? Did you think uh, it was a good call to go with like a young black boy fighting off these mostly adult perils? It was it was different from what I was expecting. I'll say that. I want like um, the title the, the title of the poster. I mean the poster's fucking garbage. But I did <laughs> nothing from the from the promotional stuff was like, oh yeah, it'll be about a black kid, you know? The the poster and the title card at the start of the film are disgustingly cheap. <laughs> this is <laughs> terrible. I kinda like that though. I kinda oh, like that, wrong that jitteriness that it has. Um, it, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just it just lends to the aesthetic of uh, old grimy horror film, straight to DVD, cash in garbage. <laughs> maybe. So, Abby, do you care for a uh, little fool and his? I actually, I think he's fine. But do you like do you like him? Do you think he's a good protagonist as well? Not as well. He's one know? of the most compelling kid actors I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> One, yeah, of the least, really good. one of the least hammy characters in the whole thing, actually. Yeah. He's good got honor. that weird thing as well where you don't think of him as a child. He's just a very small adult. Yeah. He really mans up, doesn't he? Because, you know, initially he's reluctantly going along with this sort of weird uh, stepfather figure who's uh, forcing him to do a robbery or they're going to be evicted or whatever. And so he's like, he doesn't, he's not confidently wandering around the house and stuff but he you know he scouts the place out he's told basically to bugger off and then he goes back uh when they go is it spencer's gone as like a fake this white guy spencer he pretends to be what was he some sort of maintenance guy what's he doing like a gas inspection guy oh yeah he pretends um, to be a gas engineer yeah so the sort of person you have to let in or you know he can't be one of these he can't be a salesman because you know you they wouldn't let you get your foot in the door so he really, you know, has to force because they they're like they live in like a shitty tumble down large house in a city, and they keep all the windows and doors locked and shuttered or whatever, and are reluctant to let in strangers. So they won't let him in. And... I wouldn't call it a shitty tumble down house. It's a fucking mansion. It's a palace. But it's in a it's in a hell of a state. You know, it's not like kept all. Nice and tidy. It's not like fucking Downton Abbey or something, is it? I mean, it? it's just full of stuff. But yeah, just but old crap, like grandma shit. It's not like nice. Oh yeah, I wouldn't live in it as is. It's not lovely like uh, fucking Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> 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 to wall golden tap. Oh, I knew it. The fucking golden apartment overlooking uh, <laughs> New York. No, hey, look. When you are a self-made billionaire. Mm. You can live in a solid gold house. <laughs> a Bruges fucking dump. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, I just mean, I mean, to me, it felt tumble down and a bit worn out, but that's probably because they keep kicking in and blowing up I walls mean, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also, back to the allegory again. I suppose it's supposed to represent their state in society as old, crusty. Ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, so 1800s style furniture and... Um... What did you guys think of the the, oh, what I put it, the layout of the house? How 
it it essentially just goes, well, we're not going to show you the whole house. Oh, yeah. So we can have whatever kind of labyrinthine things in here that we like. Yeah. They have a basement, one very long corridor, <laughs> and an attic. And any number of wall cavities. Yes. More, more wall cavities <laughs> yeah. and, and hidey holes than walls on yeah, three the, different layer levels. The majority of the space in the house is taken up by an interior maze. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Also um, a lake in the back garden. In <laughs> uh, answer to your question, Anthony, thought it didn't make any fucking sense and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, like, I think you can do a lot with uh, a very definite... Like, if you plan your set out... And you you well craft your story to use the space as like something like Knives Out, which of course is a different type of movie, but you get a feel for each of the rooms and they maximize the spaces where scenes can take place and they understand the grounds. And that's it. You get your set and we use it to the optimum. And in this, it was just look, whatever's convenient for smashing things and having people grab at you. It didn't really matter, I feel like. I don't think Wes was crafting a a, a brilliant piece of cinema. He was just what will look fucking mad and be like creepy to. Yeah, children. I think it's mm. he's he was more focused on the aesthetic than the actual like logic of the layout. Yeah, don't say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like this isn't, uh, this isn't a Christopher Nolan film where everything's fucking meticulously blueprinted and they make sure that all of the characters explain to you in the film how well planned everything is before it all happens. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, oh, we can have some diehard shit where people crawl through, you know, vents and stuff. How about, nah, just endless spaces to crawl? Like, they're not roomy enough in diehard. You need to have <laughs> enough room to go up, down, left, right, sideways, and have fun little pokey out hatches where you can... Uh, this is a question for early on in the film, I guess, is... Uh, so we get uh, we see very plainly that there are people living under the stairs, predominantly, but also on, in the cavities of the the wall... Potentially, well, that's, only, that's only one. That's the one that's the skip. You keep people okay. We just got to go into full spoilers. This couple, they is this right, Abby? Because I was partly tuned out watching it. You had to explain to me when I asked about it. But it's the couple are failed parents and they keep all of their failed uh, stolen children in the base in the basement slash under the stairs. Yeah, when as- one rebels. Right. Then it gets put, it well, gets mutilated and put under the stairs. So they've they have Alice, who is their daughter in quotes, um, and they have they've been kidnapping like boys to be, I guess, suitors for her because they have like a weird, like f- family thing because they're they're incestuous. They're an incestuous couple from a, a long line of. Jesus fucking Crazy. insane yeah, basically they're like the royal family um <laughs> and they what they fucking they are <laughs> that laughter, laughter yeah, isn't, but, isn't denial yeah it's just just a tangent we don't have time for yes they but essentially think of them like the royal family they're from a long line of inbred lunatics yeah and <laughs> presumably they've gotten to a point where they're so inbred they can't have children so they've kidnapped this girl and now they're looking for suitors for her so they can continue this weird religious inbreeding thing so, well, they, time... they seem, to seem to be mostly Garth from Wayne's World like, yeah. why... <laughs> well they, I think that so okay this is this is the problem I had with the film so they've 
every time one of these boys that they kidnap like answers back or does something they don't like they mutilate them in a way that like fits with what they did so, so presumably if a if if one of the boys see has seen too much they get rid of their eyes although we don't ever see that um or if one of them like here i don't know but yeah, roach was one of the boys and he like tried to call for help out at the window so he got his tongue cut out right. but he managed to escape uh, and lives in the walls which drives uh daddy in particular insane well and they're already a, insane but i know but even but like also. insane with frustration that he can't find this one kid who lives in well the yeah walls. well let's not get running let's not run away with this yet because i yeah, just yeah, want yeah. to get to the key of what's happening so they have a young daughter who's too young to have suitors so i they weren't yeah, but, like they weren't other like children that they got tired of and played up and then one day maybe even alice she'll be like oh alice let's try again stuff her in the basement what like I, I think they're all. That's why they're all like boys in the they're basement. All, how many are there? Quite a few. Other There's a few. In the but the, the the thing I was going to say that annoyed me is, for some reason, being in the basement and resorting to cannibalism has also like mutated them into uh, semi-zombie-like freaks. Yeah, and also uh, Blanca from the Street Fighter yeah, live action movie. <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know why they look like mutants because they would they would they just not be enough like... sunlight. They'd just be goths. It would just... be sunlight, fresh air. They would also be getting various kinds of um, diseases from eating. Yeah, the human beings. Yeah, like prion disease. It it does seem at the end as well. Whenever they set them free, like go, oh, you're free. Like hmm, maybe not the best idea. To just, <laughs> yeah, that's a just, terrible idea. They will just find a grunge concert and fit right in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, it was '91, so they would fit right in. Just put some flannel on them, and if anything, they'll smell nicer. <laughs> but um, I think with the makeup, what they were trying to do is add like definition to like their cheekbones and their jaws to make them look emaciated but it doesn't work so they oh, just pure kind of, garbage they just look m- like monsters and it's like well why would they turn into monsters like they would just be yeah. pale and thin one of them has black eyes like well, well i got more wise than this like obviously yeah <laughs> it'll make sense that they've become yeah they'd be traumatized and they might accept cannibalism to survive. I can see them be. I can see why they'd be like feral or whatever. Yes, like, sure. sure. I'll meet you there. But why are we just like so? Spencer comes in and they feed him to. They basically trick him and trap him in the basement. They have rigged stairs that go like a little slide. Whenever you go partly on the stairs, they can super fun so, happy slide. Yeah, it's like wacky fun fun times. Like a fun house or whatever with Pat Sharp fun house. <laughs> they do all have mullets. Down it's there. a whole lot of fun. There's zombies to eat you. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, right. So he's 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 an example of what they do. So they feed occasionally people who force their way. They trick people or have people come in the house that they then I guess kidnap and feed to yes. keep their vic- other like victims alive. What? Okay. So why the fuck are they put, keeping people in the basement? It doesn't seem like they punish them. That's the thing, because these the, the the other thing to remember is how these these two are like weird religious fundamentalists, and they're all like serial killing is too good like, for them. But they're killing people who come into their house. Like what? Yeah, but they because they're just 
like they have sentimental attachment to no, these boys the kids they hate. In, no the boys in the basement did something wrong like they disobeyed them so they're so they keeping them alive punished. to like torment them whereas like people who come into the house like you know spencer and i yeah, guess sure, sure. Like, whoever else they're just an inconvenience so, so they kill them and feed yeah. them to them down there so they right does everyone agree that that is what's happening because i wasn't it was a bit vague i felt Anthony, do you agree that? More or less, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I would have summed it up. And so Alice is—they want her to grow up to be their daughter, but they—it's a—I mean, they don't—I don't know why she's she's vaguely well behaved and is trapped there. I don't know why they're so cross with her all the time. Well, oh I no, mean, she just, feeds she feeds the boy in the wall. It's, it's they're just they're horrible abusive parents, and it's yeah. any excuse to. It, there's just no rhyme or reason to, to anything. No, they okay, just the... exist. They exist as a representation of uh, deeply conservative religious fundamentalists who preach and also horrendously abuse. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they some people are fed to the feral zombie cannibal boys, and uh, Alice is often threatened with uh, punishment by being. You know, I don't know if she's sent down there but she's treated badly by the by her sort of parents um but the, the idea is they're trying to raise alice as a daughter who behaves how they want her to and then these fees break in so fair enough chucking them i mean punishing the people who try to break in i, I, I get like you'd deal with dispatch them and deal with them that way i don't know why they don't like they murder spencer and they, you know, Fingrain spends a bit of time sneaking around and uh, pretending to be dead for half a minute while he's <laughs> looking looking down a, uh, one of the cavities in the house just to shit the boy up, I guess. But um, Fingrain's exposed upstairs when they break in, and the boy sort of hangs out downstairs and then comes across. Uh, what does what does he find? He goes into the basement, yeah, right? He finds Spencer and the the cannibals behind the, the walls. walls. They're, so they're, this is the thing: they're kept behind. Not only are they kept in the basement and can't get out, but they're also behind like bits of wood. Well, they yeah. So the uh, they, they still can... need to access the basement sometimes for say the boiler. So yeah. they're like, but like if they're they're kept <laughs> behind pallets that they can <laughs> yeah. that they can be let out from to feed, but they also starved a bit so that treat treat them mean, keep them keen. Yeah, they fed a little bit of food, and some of it is chucked into a. a Underwater, oh, the, yeah, the corpse pit. I don't think that's water. Soup. I think it's just like, yeah, I think it's just this people juice sewage. Yeah, so they get they get chunks of a butchered person to eat, but they don't get a full corpse. So this that was another bit. And I mean, I'm I'm jumping ahead, but that was another bit where there were there were like two or three scenes in this film where the t- is like and I said it at the start where the tone drastically shifts. One of them was. Alice being punished by being thrown into a scalding bath, and I was like, "That's a, that is this is a bit much." Also, the, just uh, on a side note, like the physical abuse these adults give to particularly Alice, and the, but like she is like uh, bullied violently by this woman, and to the yeah. point she's told to mop up all the blood, and she like slips in it, and it looked like a genuine yeah. slip. I know and they, they, they're so shouty and aggressive with her. It's like actually disturbing how the know, actors are that, well into it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like the film is so goofy most of the time, and there are mo- and like there are like darker moments where 
you see like she's about to be beaten by uh daddy um he like he takes his belt off and wraps it around his knuckles so that she doesn't bruise obviously and like but it doesn't show it like it shows it's about to happen then it cuts away to something else and like that's oh the way that um mommy says remember not the face yeah yeah like it's like like, oh they're consciously aware of this and that makes it worse and they know they've done this before they they're doing it consistently and also the fact that like she hasn't really done anything but because he's frustrated yeah uh the the woman is like Hmm, well, she's been bad. She needs to be punished so that he, like, it's just an excuse for him to beat her. Like, but all of it is like alluded to like that. And I feel like with the the tone of the rest of the film, that's enough. So the actual bit where it shows her being thrown into that scalding hot bath, I was like, I, mm, like, I, that's, it's too much for what the film is. And the other bit that it was a little bit too much although it was less disturbing than the bath thing, because that was very much like a real abuse thing, Mm. um, was uh, Daddy cussing up Ring Rames' corpse. And I think just because it was so, like so like detailed and gruesome and bloody and a lot of the rest of the film isn't really and I was like fuck me this is this took a turn. Yeah (laughs) that was that was a lot. It, it was brutal, but it was also very cartoony red blood. And yeah, uh, but then contrast that with uh, in the end scene where we get more of the basement and the the sort of cannibal boys are freed. There's literally skeletons hanging up. Oh, I love yeah. the fake skeleton hanging up. <laughs> like, wait, so they, their corpses have rotten, uh, rotted away of previous victims, but they've left perfectly still attached without any flesh skeletons. Very white skeletons. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> fucking dime store Again, skeleton Halloween there's, costumes. There's such uh, a, there props. is such a weird, like, clash of tones here, because there's another... There's another joke that I really liked, but is almost like a police squad style visual gag. Um, <laughs> and it's when, because uh, the, the dog, Prince, oh, that's another compliment I want to give. Fucking great dog acting in this that was film. That was a fantastically trained dog. He yeah. did very well. Properly. That that was an exemplary dog actor. Um And, but yeah, the, the, they have a big, uh, what's the breed of dog? Uh, not, no, I don't think it's a master. Anyway, big scary dog. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that's obviously uh, been trained to attack and eat out uh, intruders because they've been feeding Prince, the dog, human flesh. Um, but there's a there's a great bit where like the kid is, is and Ving Rhames are like trying to hide from the dog. And uh, in one of the shots, you see a framed picture of the dog with prints on a on a little plaque and the picture of the dog is almost like a stock photo of the breed of dog with a really like snarling violent look on mm. its face and then later in the film when the police have been called on uh the parents by fool after he's escaped um and you're seeing like the police like milling around the house because they've been told there's abuse happening and the the couple are trying to like you know, put on a, a show to show that they're they're innocent and everything. There's a very quick like panning shot where you see the same frame 
um, with Prince's name on it, except now it's him, like, with his tongue hanging out, like, dog smile face. <laughs> I, lo- I love that little visual joke. And I was like, that's that fits this, like, goofy shit for the rest of the film. So it's, I, I wish that was more consistent because it's like the comedy in the film mostly works. Like it can't it's, work with the it's so, fucked it's up such hype. A, it's also going Yeah, it, it's it's too much like whiplash. Yeah. Like what was that one we did, Peter Jackson movie, uh, where it's all ridiculous. So it's so, is it, oh, well, there's like a baby in a blender and things. What was that film? Brain Dead. Brain Dead is at least comedy it's all the way through yeah, it's, it's all mental, all mental gore like yeah. this one i would have i would have preferred it to lean more into you know the the silly ma- manicness of it rather well, than have social commentary and kiddie bullshit in it you know i think i didn't mind the social commentary i thought it was like i thought it was well done enough and it also maybe because of my experience uh in you know the bible belt um i kind of didn't necessarily feel like uh the couple were that far out of the realm of reality <laughs> um, i thought God. they were a fairly like obviously cartoonish but not a terrible you know what you know a few people who keep kids in their basement and uh, <laughs> i i know if, i i can think of a few people who I wouldn't be surprised if some things came out that were very similar to what's in this film. <laughs> uh, I mean, shit has, there are stories of stuff like this that's happened, just, you know, not, yeah, the dad was also running around in a gimp suit shooting the walls. <laughs> but like, yeah, it'd be hard, but, to, it'd be hard to keep low key what you're doing if you're this loud in your house. I was thinking, like, they can hear people outside the house, yes. can hear some stuff. Like a gun being fired, but they don't hear the endless no, running well, around screaming and guns firing. And when was... she said, "Don't use your gun outside," yeah, like that makes a difference. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that yeah, she's like, "Don't use your gun outside." It's like he's running around inside the house with the shot. That's a, um, another thing that I thought was uh, funny because I can see it actually being more realistic than I would have realized. Uh, years ago is the fact that uh, he keeps guns in various compartments in his house and they're all like really full on like military grade automatic shotguns and uh, like tonally though for me when thing you've got this like oh it's a creepy house and something's weird about it there's like these people that are are they monsters are they zombies why are there people in the basement and then there's this mystery element and creepy element to it. But then he's got a laser-pointed handgun that he kills Ving Rhames with. And it's like, oh, well, that doesn't feel horror-y. <laughs> like, tactically taking a guy out. Uh, in this, It feels like we should be, you know, like a rusty hook or, like, you know, a, a, a shotgun a bit old school, maybe. Or, like, I don't know. I'm not saying you should have uh, anything in particular. But it felt wrong to have, like, a laser-sighted gun. And it'd be all modern. It'd not fit with the creepy old school vibes of the the look of it, you know? Plus, he also... Uh, murder the fuck out of Ving Rhames. Chuck his bits uh, to the people under the stairs. But the kid, he just ties up and is like, that's cool, just leave him there alive. That's, that's scarier, right? Why, do, why not dispatch the boy and then feed him? Like, you've caught the kid... 
you can get rid of him now. Why are we keeping him alive? You know? Yeah, it's just that's a, that's a film problem in general. It's not just this film. It's like, there's so many films you can point the finger at and go, why haven't you killed them yet? Yeah, James Bond style, isn't it? But also, like, there's a bit where he's got the gun ready to kill the child at the, towards the end. And then there's like a knock at the door or the doorbell goes or something. And it's like, oh, hold on. <laughs> and then presumably they just wait patiently in the basin, gun to head, like, just wait for this to wrap up. Don't don't shout for help or nothing. Just we'll just stand here. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you as soon as my wife deals with this, but yeah, we'll just wait. Part of I think one of the consistent issues that I had throughout the film is it gets very repetitive. Oh yeah, the film is and it, a good twenty minutes to thirty minutes too long. Anthony, what would you what would you say the the film mostly repeats and keeps doing then? Well, just all the action in the house. Like after after a while, it's like we've kind of seen all this now. Yes, he's crawling through some vent. He's in the back rooms. He's in this room. It's just like by the time for me anyway. By the time he escapes, it's like I I feel I'm done. You know what I mean? And then yeah, he has to come back and another... rescue the girl, right? Yeah, yeah, him the, leaving the and coming back. Thirty minutes. Him leaving and coming back was, I thought, a, an odd choice, and really like took the wind out of the the sails yeah. of the film. Like the like it really slowed down the momentum, and then it felt like it was really like struggling to like kick back up again when he went back because it's like well yeah. we've already like you said like we've already seen all of this and now we're going back and doing it again like I, I felt the boy, like it the boy like doesn't get I mean I'm not a little black boy telling the police anything would be pointless but yeah can't we get yeah. like a family members or a mob like a mob does turn up at the end more to do with you're charging us too much rent and booting that us does, out of our houses but the bizarre uprising that you thought was going to result in a lynching and then didn't no. Yeah, that's the other. That was the other thing that was like a letdown. I th- I felt because I one of the things I did like. I mean, not like, but I appreciated that the film went that far was to make the couple really racist um, and have them say really like gross shit about like the, yeah. the black neighborhood um, and clearly like have genuine disdain for um like the black community around them specifically um so when that big mob of people from the neighborhood turn up um i thought well yeah now they're going to like charge the house because there's fucking hundreds of people here now like they can just bust their way in and take the like take this whole thing down but then they just don't and it's it, it got it's like really his weird. sister sort of does something but not really and then get kicked out and again it's it has this weird like back and forth where like she gets in but then she's got then she's out and then the doors are locked so now we're just back in the house again like uh, Like guns are being fired and people are fighting and uh cannibal boys are breaking loose and you know it's like well uh, and everyone's just what outside patiently gathering to complain about landlords like I don't know. It seems uh, it seems odd. To it's just it's it's odd 
that he he leaves with the money and then goes back. Like, oh, and the done. fact that the fact that they hoard money like dragons, like just in a big <laughs> messy pile. Yeah. It's also it's not even like in like a little room where they keep the money. It's just all over the floor and a mess, and it means nothing. And I like, mean, I think it's the I. I mean, it, that's the. I think that is the idea is that it means nothing to them. It's just like it having does. It. Like billionaires are so rich they don't need the money. Yeah, they I mean, have. we were joking just now about you know a certain person's fucking Fabergé apartment. But, like, mm. that's exactly the point. Like, that is basically just money all over the floor and the walls, because fuck it, it's just, I have so much money that who cares? It doesn't mean anything. Like, that's, they they don't use it for anything. They just have it so no one else can. Yeah, it's, it's just such a, for me, it's a really disappointingly, like, stupid and shallow movie where it's just bollocks like loads of mad bollocks that isn't there's not enough effort put in where it needs it and there's it's not enough rhyme or reason i mean we've got not, this we got potential for an allegory but really it's just wah, mad fighting shooting running around being cruel being dickheads being racist be as awful which, as you can be you know which is fine for a movie like like jimmy's brought up like the evil dead films which are essentially just that all the way through but it's yeah, the there's no allegory you... in them. They're just they're just uh, no, no. Like I don't Evil mean the Dead allegory. Two is just a uh, Looney just Tunes like cartoon the... with blood. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just like all the goofy shit, yes. all wrapped up into one neat package. But because yeah. this starts off quite, you know, you got the first twenty to thirty minutes, it seems like quite tense, quite a, a kind of almost a gritty drama. Yeah, it starts off in like the ghetto, and you've got like, you know, his mum is dying, and the they're being evicted and you know they they want to get some money by robbing places and they go into this creepy house and you know it's all creepy and then it goes goofy shit yeah yeah because i think that's extent, the problem Ving Ving rames is being a bad person you know he's yeah he's it's not okay to rob people just because they're ex- they exploitative landlords don't give you the excuse to be criminals and it's sort of obeying this like these racist white people are like well oh, so black people broke in and tried to rob us or like two black people and a white guy but like you know like it uh maybe it would have been nicer to be like ving rames gets himself killed and this boy in danger but there's no real moral lesson to be learned because he's dead and the boys just fuck they shouldn't fuck with those mad people like he did the kid doesn't learn anything other than Fucking door breaking houses. People are nuts. Never trust. <laughs> never trust white people. Like I don't know. He. It's not uh, uh, learn locksmithing. I don't know. I mean, I. The film is for the. It. It's. It's trying to do too much, and it's not focused enough. I. I. And the big, like the the big like the biggest example of that is the structure in that it is this, the the first big chunk of the film up until he escapes the house it's fairly tight and has a direction it's going in Mm. and then it just it stumbles and it can't quite write itself again like it's also right this one another thing is so alice is this uh poor abused child that is you know lived with them and knows them she's not of much advantage apart from she can explain the the kid in the walls uh uh, what's his name? What, what insect is he? Roach. Roach. So Roach is in the walls, and she's got bonded with him somewhat. She sort of feeds him and uh, sympathizes with him, and so she can, you know, help out the 
fool to like look nowhere to hide or go or how to yeah. she knows how to evade her parents a bit but she's kind of a forgotten entity she she's introduced and then shown oh look i make these really i really quickly make voodoo dolls fabrication time that's phenomenal yeah she should work in a sweatshop guys <laughs> that's what should be in the basement a sweatshop have a purpose to your cruelty actually if it, i was gonna say if it is if it was more realistic, then yeah, they would definitely have a sweatshop in the basement. Yeah, forced uh, modern slavery going on. I don't know. She does get enough because she gets to be the one that kills, uh, the like the mother. Yeah, the she woman. has a right turnaround. Yeah, she, she gets to... she gets so emotionally powerful that she can come through a ceiling. Come through a ceiling. First. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, like, other than the word "come through the ceiling," she does, but like dol- reverse dolphin burst through the floor, which I don't yeah. fully understand. <laughs> um, but, but she, but she's forgotten about. Like she, I thought the fact that. They, there's never it's like oh is she the creep is she like maybe the mystery maybe the kid's in on it in some way because she has these weird voodoo dolls but it's like the voodoo dolls don't play in much it's just she has them as tokens of the victims that have it's, to, it's keep, just to keep more, the it's souls just, of the people who've died in my basement it's just, or whatever it's just more sadness in yeah. a film that doesn't need more sadness <laughs> but you know, they've got something with Alice and I think they sort of ignore it to play like reverse Home Alone uh, mouse trap in the house, you know, like mouse hunt. I mean, like they just they're fucking around with cartoon violence and aggression, and uh, run like you know hide it. Oh, let's hide in the furnace, and oh no, like Roach has been killed, and he gives a he, like writes a last clue as to where to hide to get away from this maniac. And it, I, I liked it, Roach, by the way. I I don't know if anyone else did, but I thought he was I thought he was a fun character, and was fun. quite surprised when he died as soon as he did, because he got caught a bit by some shotgun, and then he dies melodramatically that's in the, the thing furnace. though and and again him dying and then the kid escaping it's too much of a crescendo for the film to then continue you're like oh the film's, it's, the film's not over yeah where are we gonna what's like what happens and now Ro- roach has been fucking this guy over for ages like he'd been living in the house like uh, like this prick has kids in his basement or blokes in his basement that he keeps alive and blokes in the basement is <laughs> my new title for this film it's <laughs> a good album name but uh, uh <laughs> these these dudes who are trapped and are, are tortured in the basement or under the stairs if you want they're not actually under the stairs are they they no, the stairs are sort of rigged to be they a come out of the stairs. They they are among everywhere. other places under the stairs. Yes. But one of them, Roach, has got free and he's been living everywhere in your house. And you occasionally dress up in a gimp suit and try and kill him, but fail. Like, because you're scared that if you get in there, he'll have the advantage of having lived in the walls long enough or he'll set off a spiky booby trap or something. Like, I that don't was, know. Okay. That's the other thing. We see really one booby trap. That should have been the next step of escalation after all of the running around in the corridors, yeah. shooting the walls. We see one booby trap. There should be more. Yeah, like and said, what, why, is, why is there a booby trap? Booby trap exactly. And that booby trap didn't even make sense for this. We just, just, just one there exactly. And it's yeah, loads of spikes go into the wall. And then you what? see, like all of you the know? switches and stuff that they've got behind the walls that do different things so yeah there should be traps so that if in the case of some some kid like roach being able to sort of escape 
Yeah, that, you know. But he's he's been a success story until this movie, and then midway through, he's like, oh, he was winged and dead, uh, and so now it's up to Fool to be the one to rescue Alice and himself. And uh, I'm kind of like, well, I can't like him because he wasn't there long enough. We, you know, he's nice that he's feral and kind of. Uh, I don't know, he just looks like a punk rock, a malnourished almost, punk rock he's, kid. He's almost out of a Mad Max film. A little, yeah, and his old rag claws, that, you know. But then, um, I mean, he's, he has more character than the rest of the dickheads in the basement. Like, I think towards the end where it, where it becomes a breakout, we get the one more friendly, long-haired cannibal boy. Yeah, Blanca. Yeah, he's he sort of communicates in his own feral nothing way. That this he's was not another gonna, thing. He's not, they're not mean. They're just they this eat was an, to survive. Sort of. That thing. was another thing that I didn't understand, and I feel like the the film it's where the film started to get really messy after the breakout and then going back is all of the cannibals in the basement now know fool's name and know who he is and help him. But it's yeah. never really established where that communication happened. Yeah, they just like, I guess, that he got the the dad and the mum. They they he, yeah. they like him now because I he's understand wanted. that, but it doesn't. Establish... No, I'm just I'm guessing as well. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like I get why, but the film doesn't like it. Never happens in the film. It it's just now they know his name and stuff. Yeah, they're just cool with it, and they like they. I don't know. They 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 break three and they kind of become a kind of mob and get fight back a bit, don't they? That's the so you know, towards the end. The film does uh, the when when Fool escapes. The film also introduces a new character at that point, which is like a with a like third of the film left. We suddenly uh, meet Grandpa. Yeah, who knows? Fuck it. Everything's been keeping yeah. that under his hat. That was yeah, I know. That's that's the other thing that frustrated me is like, well, everybody knows. Like, how are they? What's happening? Like, and I know that the police aren't doing anything, and obviously that that's. I mean, I, that's not even allegory. That's just a real thing that like a black community is being, you know, abused by, uh, very these two wealthy white people, and the police yes. are like. Eh. <laughs> we need, we they, gave need, a, they gave us coffee and biscuits. We need probable cause, aka uh, to bother at all doing anything. We just, you know, oh, people have shots fired. I mean, there must be loads of missing people. So the fact that this old guy knows about it and is like, oh, yeah, do you know all those missing posters we see from time to time? I know exactly where they you are. Know, they I were described care. as baby snatchers, which people really do, even if you're be- stealing unwhite children. People care where their child has got to. They, like, you know. So this stuff that he just tell, like, there's this weird exposition dump from him and then the kid goes back to the house. Like, yes. that, I feel like that stuff should have been stuff that, like, Fool found himself in the house somewhere. Can he not ask this guy to come along to help or something as well? So, like, all of this stuff should really have been at the front in the builder and then most of the rest of the film like once fool is in the house he shouldn't leave the house and oh. when he does that's the end of the film like that's the conclusion maybe yeah, tie, tie alice in a bit like she knows stuff because she's yes. put up with it so she's your reason to know what's going on yeah if the yeah. old guy if the old guy is to be a part of the story it can be that he's 
he has rumors and thoughts and ideas, but he doesn't know. And then the yes. Alice and, and Fool finding some proof on knowing the truth. Yes. Uh, and exactly, the filling in the mystery would make more sense. More to do other than to just be told by Fool that, oh, by the way, you're not their daughter. So you're like horrific. Finding out herself. Your horrific, abusive parents are much worse than you thought. They don't just yeah. keep, <laughs> keep freaky men in the basement. They also are liars and swindlers and terrible landlords and. <laughs> Dragon style hot money yeah, and gold love hoarders. That you're hung and... up on that being like dragons. Well, it's just. <laughs> for, 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 it's just. It, I think because Smaug was on my. I saw like a thing yeah. about how dumb Smaug is from Lord uh, from the Hobbit movies, and you go, yeah, why do dragons want to keep piles of money again? It's just an allegory mean, for a different type of person. I mean. That is kind of what really rich people do, though. Like it, it but seems not to on be the, a they, thing. They, like Scrooge McDuck say, keeps his uh, bang for topped up so he can <laughs> swim in it. Right? I swear you managed to talk about Scrooge McDuck. You know, <laughs> broadcast. Wrestlers creep in all the time, but like, screw, like <laughs> the idea. If you've got money, you want to enjoy the money. You don't just keep it on the floor where rats can eat the paper so, and um, just kick it around. Like you have it organized, not just about. I mean, Elon Musk's parents kept money in a safe, and they had literally so much the safe wouldn't close, and they just kept it in there. Now he's just kicking bit bitcoins around. <laughs> yeah. Within the blockchain, in like, like a lot of it, go on a, anyway. A lot of it with a lot of really wealthy people is like it's the equivalent of just having that money in your bank account and just logging in and looking at the number. Yeah, I know, but like even Pablo Escobar had more money. He had, he had so much money he had to just bury it because he didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> but you, 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 bury, you bury it neatly and with the with the, some te- I mean, some of it did rot. But like you, you're, you're. It's organized. It's not just literally garbage. So your, so your problem, your problem is just that it was a mess. Yeah, enjoy it. My, my problem is he shouldn't have kept his dynamite with the money. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with both of these problems. I like that. Fool very... even pointed that out. Like that he was why... like, oh, "That's a really stupid place to keep your dynamite." <laughs> yeah, and why do you have dynamite? <laughs> Like you'll fight, you don't fire a handgun outside the house, but blow up the house is fine. I think I would assume it would be if they are ever caught, they can, oh, just they can hide all, the evidence by, yeah. all of it sky high and fuck off somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, this is beyond also, serial... mental. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it, but it's like it's a kind of beyond serial killer situation they got going on where. This is, t- you know, what you worried about. If people find out about this, I mean, there's more questions to answer than just what's going on, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. like, how did you get to this? <laughs> how did we get to this situation? Well, is this healthy? I mean, in what way are you going to be able to... How is this the way to raise a child? <laughs> this, this, were you hoping, what are you hoping from Alice? That one day she'll become a really good estate agent or property realtor and <laughs> not a landlord she'll nice, inherit she'll inherit the... this and just become the next president she'll become yeah. John Donald Trump <laughs> she, she'll get all of she'll get the house with, and is she like when they die does she does she, does she does she have to keep torturing these I idiots I think they I think that's what that's the goal is for them to just turn her into them her and a a suitor but they don't they don't want they're not raising her to be evil. They want her to be a good girl and listen to them. And yeah, but they, a good girl on their terms, which would which just, makes no sense because they're yeah, mental. A good 
yeah. girl like they were good kids keeping up yes. the, the family traditions of having sex with each other i guess and and murder and cannibalism um, I, I don't i, I th- there is a definite problem of not thinking about motivation wacky and murderous and ho- it's just it's halloween shit dump a load of creepy spooky shit in there zombie cannibally horrible serial killy creepy girl voodoo doll booby trap any just throw everything at the walls and see what breaks through and unveils and unveils more hideous monsters you know it's a very hodgepodge approach to horror somebody doesn't listen to enough true crime podcasts and doesn't realize how uh in some ways realistic this almost is (laughs) but we'd get no but like i understand that bad people are mad but like you know, mad people are mad because they had abusive parents, or they were left Do alone you think to these dissect. Guys didn't. But we don't get any of that. They're just wacky, and it makes no I sense. Mean, we do, but again, it all comes in that exposition dump from Grandad, or some old guy said. But, but yeah. it's, it's not. It's not a portrait of of killers. It's just fucking horrible cats for ages. Like I, I just feel like there's no attempt to author interesting characters it's just what I, I genuinely think it's a it's whatever we thought of we stuck in I, oh that's weird and that's creepy and it's sort of like just something that'll freak out young people and kids well and this is where the it this can't, is where they the can't watch bumps. it either like goosebumps yeah, this but is, you're not allowed to watch it yeah this is where the goose the goosebumps comparison comes in and why this is kind of the the big issue with the film is it's goosebumps but with uh suggestions of sexual abuse and uh on-screen cannibalism it's like uh... what, what if goosebumps was genuinely horrific <laughs> and, and unwatchable <laughs> yeah, yeah all no, i can think weird. of now is that bit in the goosebumps intro where the the theme is very quickly sung by a dog barking <laughs> 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 Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. I, I want to compliment some stuff before you completely derail it into shit talk in the film. I like. <laughs> I, the, I mean, the highlight of this film for me was the couple, especially Everett McGill, because he was doing stuff that I don't think he's ever had the chance to really do in any other role. Oh, they, people... they are dialed up. They are at 11 throughout she, the film. She, Wendy Roby was doing exactly what I expected her to do this in this film. She's basically playing an insane witch and she's great at it. But Everett McGill, I didn't realise had the chops to be cartoonishly slapstick and quite frightening. Um, and yet also incompetent. something else. Oh, yeah, yes. I also liked how useless he was. And I like their weird infantile ideas of sex. Like I liked it when he was like, uh, he's talking to her and he's like, she did it with him. I know she did. Whenever he's talking, like they have this. This weird is a man who dresses that... in a gimp suit and he I has know. a very childish view of yeah. jealous sex things of my own. Yes, life. the fact that he's clearly like jealous because he's convinced himself that Fool has had sex with Alice. Like it's uh, it's so like skin crawly and weird and it also does make mate you're projecting yeah just because everyone's a dirty pervert like just because you're just because you're a filthy pervert with sex on your mind doesn't mean everyone's fucking some of us are too busy trying to escape the maniacs to be fucking (laughs) (laughs) my my favorite example of everett mcgill's comedic 
uh, chops in this film is when he celebrates after thinking he <laughs> stabbed fool. And he's like oh, they, dancing they, around Wendy Rubin. I got him, I got him, I got him, I got him. But he's doing little like jabs with the uh with like the bayonet he's got on the gun. <laughs> I did I did like uh the the cunning right, we got a dog attacking us, but yeah, we'll I can hold the dog in the place where the, the bayonet's coming through and kill kill the dog and trick the guy so we can have some time to escape through the, the wall passages Again, and stuff. It's, it's a stick dog acting. Like the dog genuinely selling being injured. And the lovely, I don't know if they had like a like a double, like a pretend dog to lull dead oh, like that, it had yeah. died. No, that was definitely but it, it like looked a good. puppet head. Uh, but it, yeah, it did. Abby, was this uh, a problem for you? The fact that, oh look, we've killed another dog in a movie. Surprise, well, surprise. Contextually, it made sense. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is this different to all the other dog deaths? The dog's a no, monster. Yeah, in other things, the dog's done absolutely nothing wrong. Just and an it's attack dog. Just... This dog. This dog hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. Let me finish. In other films, the dog has done nothing wrong and dies for cheap emotional. Yes. Yep. Hurt. In right. this, dog was a fucking bastard. Got killed. It's just trained that way. It's just, it's a, it's just, it doesn't, it didn't do anything wrong. The dog doesn't, isn't malicious. It's just sort of yes, I, I know that a dog is just trained to do, but you can understand why when trying to save themselves, someone yes. would not technically not kill the dog themselves, but you know, they were defending themselves. The dog died contextually. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, when a dog dies in a film, it is for emotional manipulation of the audience. But I think in this film, where we get the creepy cannibal boys on, they're not real monsters. They can go free. Why not get give the dog, like feed the dog a little uh, cannibal sausage or something, and then get the dog on your side and get the dog, like make friends with the dog and get it to attack, uh, you know, mom and pop, you know? We could have done so that. That would instead take of more it. time than the film and allow. It takes yes. a long time to train a dog. I'm just surprised, I'm surprised that you have much going on. That you're up for a dog being bayoneted in a movie. That's fine. They're fine if it's, it's just like... It's thought, all about the context. I thought you loved <laughs> animals, that's all. I, I do love cared. animals. I know that dog's an actor. He's a very good actor. <laughs> oh. I hope they gave him a really nice meal. I think that's the other thing as well, <laughs> is that the dog's performance is so impressive that it's hard to be sad about the dog dying because you're just sitting there admiring how good the, j- the job the dog is doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anthony, what is your verdict then? Did the mixed up tone and uh, different uh, different types of movies this is trying to do all in one work for you or fail for you? Well, I, I, similar to Jamie, the things that Jamie said that he liked, like the the parents and stuff. Um, I, I, I agree with that. And for, for, for the most part, I was enjoying the film. There was, you know, there was the, uh, the kind of mood shift after about half an hour. But after a while, you know, you get into it. And it's like, okay, we're in this movie now. That's fine. But like I said before, it's just, it's just too long. Maybe not, not too long, but at least the structure of it towards the end yeah, I think it's the structure rather than the length. Like it, it stops itself suddenly and then starts again. You need to yeah. build to a crescendo that's impactful rather than uh, yeah. Stop it's kind and of like um, yourself. It's kind of like how pirates, the first pirates of the Caribbean, 
after a while they're just going back and forth to the same island and you're like what the fuck are we doing like <laughs> just not, just not the comparison i was expecting of all films <laughs> i was like i didn't see pirates of the caribbean being a comparison eh, it's got the same kind of like roller coastery ah, feel pirate, pirate shit going on this is just pirate <laughs> shit all right but Anthony, uh you, you know there's enough to like to make it net good or I I think so. I, I I think I enjoyed it overall, but but I was flagging by the end. I have to admit, it could have been tighter, tauter, and better. What about how crap, like say the cannibal basement kids were? They were, you know, they I mean, looked they terrible. Were, it was very like, very poorly made props at times of this movie, like the, the skeletons were, and things and all that. I mean, they were, but like they were introduced during the goofy section, so. You'd already you, you buy it a little bit more, you know what I mean? Goofy section. <laughs> I loved how much they kept showing that skeleton. <laughs> Just, I mean, when you're pinning, when you're making a real, when you're making a movie, and you're like pinning a skeleton, but uh, what point do you not go? Oh yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Do you know? Like, do you know what's great oh, about that as well is that that skeleton is right there next to that horrible pit that we see the really well-made yeah. uh, corpse dummy of Ving Rhames mm-hmm. get thrown into. Oh, yeah, so it's such the, a contrast. I forgot about the. Was there a bit of puppetry with the Ving Rhames torso was brought up to freak yeah, out the a, kids? Yeah, I remember that because I remembered it, and it's like it's that was the the pinnacle of it being both really gruesome and Silly. extremely goofy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's you do get it's like a whiplash between the cartoony childish level of uh absurdity and what 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 passes as horror and then well this is horrific serial killer shit just beyond disgusting ideas and uh abuse and it's just taken quite lightly and uh i don't know you know it's a sort of movie where you could easily have a kid going oh i'm caught in some cobwebs it's like we've also got corpse play you know like and you can't, uh, can't and square a- away those Elements 13 of year old stone. girl being thrown into a scalding hot bath, and then yes, you it's... see her like bright red from later. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's so much for what it is, yeah. But then, but you know, you mix it so that's like awful Victorian health spa abuse, and then it's all <laughs> but, but this like wacky Adams family, who's an arm coming through the through the wall or up the stairs. Zombies are bursting in like it's a fucking music video. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like it's really fucking dumb at so times. The there's that's the zombies. Zombies, the fucking cannibals from under the stairs thing. Do, did does make me want to uh, just mention two things. Or I guess it's one thing, but it's both characters that I did that I did appreciate is having. Like I, whenever there's a really reprehensible antagonist in anything, it means you have to have a really deserved death for them. Right. So I appreciated that Alice got to be the one that stabbed uh, Wendy Roby's character and after, tell her after that she's dolphin bursting through the floor. <laughs> yes, and tell her that she's not her mother and never was. And then she gets fucking dragged away by the cannibals and um, the frantic, like, screaming and resisting from uh, 
her as she gets pulled down into the basement. The only thing I was disappointed by was that she didn't get eaten because I felt like that was deserved. But then it would be um, harder for us to accept the cannibals wandering out into the group of people and not being noticed by all yes, the people if we grabbing see them. Eat. Yes, and we have um, the the ending. The fact every... that the the fact that the explosion involves money being dispersed everywhere, and then people are grabbing it like it's fucking Noel's house party, and they're in the yeah. money tank or oh no, within... I guess Crystal Maze or something. It's like that, and it where they're all no, don't jump up and grab the money. Get down and grab the ones yeah, on the get floor. Get it off the floor, you idiots! Um, Don't you but, never um... seen Crystal Maze before? Everett McGill's character also uh, getting to die in a grotesque way where he drops face first into the uh, corpse juice pit. Yep, yep, yep. It's a great fall. Yes. Yeah, really good, like, brief stare at the camera before he just drops in there. Um, So, yeah, I liked that we did get, you know, Really drawn out, horrible deaths for these awful characters. It's They're always so horrible. That... You have to be extra brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it that does pay off, and they, you know, they fully deserve it, which is nice. Also, um, we've all, I, I think we all complimented the the kid who plays Fool because he is really yeah. good throughout the film. He gets a really cool line. Um, whenever he's uh, he surprises Everett McGill in the basement with a shotgun. Uh, what was the line? Know any prayers? Yeah. Better say one. <laughs> I think he just says, say it. Like, he, yeah. if, uh, or It's something like, if you know a prayer, say it. Um, That's pretty hard for, for a fucking, I don't know, 10-year-old or whatever. Yeah. He, and, I, and, I, and I liked that he got to call Everett McGill boy, because that's a common condescending uh, term, you, or was yeah. a term used for slaves oh it's like um, a, I, now you mention it it's like a coming of age movie where the kid stops being a uh, normal student dealing with a hard life and becomes a fucking hardened badass who can take on anyone he's, he's learned you know guns and escape and you know he's fucking cool now so it's a, it's a coming of age movie maturing and being a man at last <laughs> taking care of your shit I by don't... murdering the people who kept captured. <laughs> I don't like. I feel like I I rarely think this, and and I don't think I've ever said it before. But I kind of wish this was more of just a kids' film. Yeah, make it. Yeah, like... you've never said that. I know, and it's really surprising because I I'm the one on the podcast I think that probably likes horror more than anyone else. But I feel like this would benefit more from dialing the horror back and be like, be fun and like be entertaining, be entertaining, but for children, not entertaining and horrific. It'd be really interesting how far they can push the envelope for a kids' film as well, because like technically, nothing wrong with a gimp suit. He's just wearing a gimp suit, <laughs> so he could still wear that and a few yeah. other things that are really like. Oh, it's a bit much for kids, but it's like no, but it's not out of the question is like it a, there's a dog, no rule that says we can't a dog yeah. trying to get you or being trapped or you know being treated badly but i don't think we need like corpse pool and butchering a body i mean we, you know the, it can be inferred that creepy but don't show us pure violence and insanity and like kids. maybe don't have like racial terms and like just make it a little bit more pg so that you know, a kind of kids can be wowed by how horrific it is, you not can, disturbed can, by how horrific it is. For like kids' movies that are 
designed to be scary you can push it fairly far so you can still do a lot of what's in here you just need to pull it back a little bit infer don't show isn't it yeah 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 definitely you know but it's trying to also go for kind of uh the you know sort of dim-witted action horror fans adults it's just it's not mature enough for that it's too stupid like you, uh, the main problem i had was it's just wall-to-wall garbage and it makes no sense <laughs> it's, uh, well, my problem is it's all bad and crap <laughs> and awful and why are we doing this I, why do you hate fun it's not fun <laughs> is it it's a I like structured fun where things make sense and pay off. Like a nice oh, board. I don't like horrible. <laughs> I like I like board games and computer games because oh, they God, have I hate board games. They have I structure hate, and rules. I hate board games. And they're satisfying when you play by the rules. Not Ugh. fun fun where you just cover yourself in fucking mustard and run screaming into the garden is not fun. <laughs> you know, like I don't Quest like question. anarchy and bizarreness. Quest, I have a question. Do you like Evil Dead 2? Who, me? Yeah. Or, or anyone? You. Me. I only, I only watched them fairly... I watched them like a couple of years ago, maybe. I haven't watched them. I like haven't seen them for a long time. And uh, I wish they did... Like, I wish they were a bit more... Like, It seems like there's a lot of ideas being thrown at the wall again. And I think it's like go for go sake... But it's no, it's wacky and creative, and it does. It's like it's funny, but it's also like, like why, why is this this way? Why is this happening? <laughs> You're the only person I know who can take a perfectly straightforward question and make it a philosophical debate on your own. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think it's funny, but it doesn't make enough sense to be satisfying. It's just sort of. Ah, how fucking weird could, could we be? And how like how many ideas have we got for cool effects? Uh, you know, so, like so it's you just have far. essentially the same problem that you do yeah. with this film. This this though is less like yeah, has this less... is not yes, this is not as good. This is I just tried to ask this well. twice now. Go on, I want go. to know if all Wes Craven movies have this tonal problem, or if no. it's just this one in particular that's like it's the, the I haven't seen all of his films, but I've seen. Because like Scream is fairly like it's, it's pared down. It's a bit more mainstream, I think. As yes. well, like it makes, well, it's, it's so, got it, enough of a gimmick, hasn't it? It's like it's got enough of a through line. The comedy's there. It's clear. We understand the boundaries of the first Nightmare what? on Elm Street and uh, New Nightmare as well, and Scream. They are a complete idea. Things that, that work and stand on their own. Largely basically. does what it sets out to do. Yeah. Of the ones I've seen, this is the messiest in terms of uh, just like, yeah, the point and the structure. It, it's undisciplined madness. And I, I'd rather sink my teeth into something where I get clear motivations, concepts. I can join the dots and it makes sense and buy into the world. This world is just like, oh, that's dumb. Why, like I, keep, usually... I just keep thinking of the things that don't make sense and that they wind me up and I, I get bored easily of like just silly garbage. I'm sorry. It's just not my it's not my thing anyway. I don't think it would be hard to win me over. Oh yeah, no, I I knew from the start that you were gonna hate it. Um but that's why I, I hate it just because it's unstructured, like in inexplicable like everything is this a hodgepodge of ideas. Not it's not well crafted, you know. It's not enough of an idea there. It's just oh, horribleness. It's yeah. It's definitely the least uh, 
clear of of his films that I've it's seen. Not, it's not genuinely scary either. It's not like there's a bit of tension when they're exploring the house before they know what's going on because we don't know what's going on. But like once it becomes clear what's going on, it, there's no like, oh, there's nothing. Nothing's that frightening. Moment to moment shock of like, like someone get my guess shot, but it, it didn't. It's not like eerie, you know. No, there's no well, atmosphere yeah, of it's the, it's that's it's that lack of consistency. Yeah. So it's problem town, problem house. Whatever. I didn't have to, you know. At least you know everyone seemed to get something out of it, even if it's Abby appreciating dogs being murdered all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a really well acted dog. That's fine. Just. I got what I wanted out of it, just getting to see Wendy Roby and uh, Everett McGill go completely mental for an hour and a half. Yeah, I think for some people that's enough, isn't it? You bitch. <laughs> just the way you said that. No, I, I genuinely mean I think people will get into it because that that they want just fucking mental bullshit. Like, you know, I, I'd expect this sort of crap from like Rob Zombie, just uh, just people being mental and it has almost got a Rob Zombie sort of feel to it. It's not not quite the same tone, but like it's the same it's the same sort of cheap meh horror films like that don't stick with you. Like you're not going to watch this and go, ah, oh, really makes you oh, just you don't you know so you don't it doesn't make me scared of going in the basement. Home Alone made me scared of like furnaces in the basement. This you know doesn't doesn't sit with you afterwards. You don't think about it going, oh god, yeah, that's fucked. You know, like a good horror film. Should not make it hard for you to go to sleep. Whereas this, you're like, oh, that's over. Good night. No, no big deal. It's sort of a relief when it was over, if anything. Oh, the money, grab the money. And the tenants all are still exploited by the horrible world. There's still hundreds of landlords out there exploiting everyone. Oh, well. Anyway, so I think we should, I think we should finish though, guys. There's nothing else to say, is there? Anyone else? Uh, I'm just going to say thumbs up, social commentary, thumbs down, inconsistent gore and effects. Yeah, you want to get, if it's really good gore, you can enjoy it for that, but sometimes no. Just just more the costume, like the, really the people under the stairs look rubbish. And there was only one of them that had any character and he didn't have any character, really. They did, yeah, they, that, I, they did look bad. That when, the makeup choices on them were strange. And when it's called the people under the stairs, they, they should have the most attention. Not the people above the stairs with their gimp suits, shotguns, and dresses, and a horrible daughter and her voodoo dolls. I feel like you know, give give some more love and attention to the people under the stairs. I mean, literally give them more love and attention instead of abusing them and feeding them human scraps. But I mean, you know, that's a bridge too late. I mean, when it, there's so many other stages before you're trapping people in your basement that you need to sort your life out. You, you never you never get to the stage where you're torturing people in the basement. You you, you know, count, marriage counselling, at least, really. And they're brother and sister, right? That's uh, There's no saving this couple. They needed to die, so at least... <laughs> anyway. Um, well... Let's lock the house up and leave forever. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going back into the walls. Hey. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll feed you. We'll throw you some scraps and uh, see you next time. Bye. <laughs>